Father, I pray. I pray to You to open up the hearts of these fine people. Father, I thank You for the dedicated lives of them and hearts in this room of those who have given so much of their lives to serving others and serving You. Father, I pray that You would speak and touch the hearts, that each heart here would be ministered to. Abba, pour out Your grace, I pray. Speak to the hearts. Father, You know each struggle, each pain, each joy that's there. Father, address them, I pray. May the Holy Spirit do His job in their lives. Lord Jesus, be glorified. Father, I commit this time to You in the name of Jesus. Amen. On the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to Me and drink. And he who believes in Me as the Scripture has said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke of the Spirit that those who believed in him were to receive. So when Jesus speaks of living water, he's speaking of the Spirit. And so we're going to look in a portion in John chapter 4 where where Jesus meets the woman at the well. And there came a woman of Samaria, in John 4, 7, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman said, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So, it's interesting that, that, the, uh, that the Samaritans were a people that, that the Jews, they could never be indebted to them. Uh, they could buy things from them as the disciples had gone into, into Shechem, actually. So, Sikhar, where this is, is just a suburb outside Shechem. And they'd gone into Shechem to buy some food that they could do. But he broke two things there, when he asked her for a drink of water, there was no way for him to compensate her. And so she knew that that this was a break of practice of Jewish tradition. But also that he was speaking to a woman, because we see later on in the chapter, it says the disciples came back and they were amazed that he was speaking to a woman. So Jesus again and again was breaking tradition. And then, so her reply to him When he asked for water, she says, how could you be asking me for a drink? So Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So Jesus said, if you had asked me, I'd have given you living water. Well, why should he do that? I mean, here's a woman who he asked just for a regular glass of water and she wouldn't give it to him. And he said, you know, if you ask me, I'd give you living water. This is the way God is. We do so little for Him, and He still gives us so much back. You know, if you're a parent, you've experienced this. Sometimes I'll come mumbling to my wife about my son said this to me, or my daughter said that to me, and she says, it's okay. That's your child. You keep being nice to them. I mean, this is... So she, she makes me remember that the role of a parent is that even if the kids don't respond back, you have to continue to, to give to them. This is the way God is. 
This is what he does. And he says, I would have given you living water. So he opened up this evangelistic conversation with four, he, with four words. Give me a drink. That's it. You want to know how to open up conversation? He says, give me a drink. And then he goes right into speaking about the things of God. He starts speaking about this living water. And she gets all confused and thinks that he's speaking of earthly things again. And she says, you know, back up in the first thing, she says to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, that's no compliment coming from her. And now she responds after hearing him say this, she says to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But the water that I will give him, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. But it will become in you a well of water springing up to eternal life. What I'm here to share with you today is how to have a happy career. How to be happy in your career. Jesus said, if you drink of this water, you're going to thirst again. But of the water that I'm talking about, you will never thirst again. Not only is it going to satisfy you, but it's going to become in you a well of water springing up to eternal life. This is what Jesus said. If we take hold of what He has for us, not only will we be satisfied, but there will be plenty to give out to others. This is a life poured out for the Lord. And she gets all confused about these things again. And she says a few things. And so the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never thirst nor come all the way here to draw. So again, she's thinking of the physical. This, this, this one little thing. And then he says to her, Go call your husband and come here. Go call your, call your husband and come here. And the woman said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have correctly said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So she went from calling him Jew, to calling him Sir, to saying he's a prophet. And coming from a Samaritan, the only prophet that they were to receive after Moses, they only accepted the first five books of Moses, they, they expunged from that any, any reference to Mount Moriah where Jerusalem is, and they wrote in Mount Gerizim, which Sikar and Samaria right at the base of Mount Gerizim. So for her to acknowledge him as a prophet is acknowledging him as the Messiah to come. But look what he says. He says, go call your husband because a person doesn't understand their need of God until they understand that they're sinners. And you don't need a Savior until you, you understand that you've sinned. And so he says, go call your husband. She says, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you said rightly you have no husband because you've had five husbands and the one you're now with isn't your husband. Look at how merciful he is in this. This woman says, I have no husband. And Jesus could have rightly said, well, you tramp. You've had five husbands, and now you're living with a guy. But look what he does. He says, you know, you speak what you've said is true. That you have no husband, because you've had five, and the one you're with isn't your husband. So, you've spoken truly. Look what God does in His mercy. 
he takes even what's a lie and he doesn't just throw it right back at her. He just embraces her in with this. You see how this act of mercy is. Even in the way he reveals to her that I, I know what you're all about. This you've said truly. The one you're with now isn't your husband. Jesus is so merciful. And in fact, you will find that Jesus is particularly merciful with the sexual sinner. You'll see he constantly has mercy on those who have sinned sexually. The way he poured out to Mary, who was a prostitute. The way he said to the woman who was caught in adultery, that, I don't condemn you. You know, that which the world will hold over us, Jesus was most forgiving with. The thing that he had the hardest time with were people who lacked faith. Not for the sexual sinners. But you see Jesus constantly reaching out. And then she goes and she runs off and then the disciples come and they say, Lord, eat. And Jesus then says to them, meanwhile the disciples were saying to him, Rabbi, eat. And he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. And the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. Jesus said, this is my food. Remember, he was hungry, he was tired, he sent them into the city to buy food. But once he ministered the Lord, he wasn't hungry anymore. He wasn't even physically hungry. He says, I'm, I'm fulfilled. You want to have a fulfilled life, you give out. Giving out and you have a fulfilled life. I tell this to my children. As you give, you will get in life. If you want to just hold this back, you'll have to fight this out with the rest of the world. But to those that give of their time, that give of their resources, to serve God, God blesses them. Jesus said, my food, that which sustains me, that which fills me, is to do the will of my Father and to accomplish His work. And then He says, do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal, so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. So, he says, you know, you guys are saying it's four months and then it's a harvest. He says, I'm telling you, it's ready. You just wait. In about ten minutes, that whole city is going to come running up here. And you're going to see how white for harvest this place is, is going to be. And I tell students all the time, you think that, okay, well, I'll just put things aside and then four years, then I'll, once I graduate, then I'll, you know, I'll lock into a church and get interested and start serving. So you're making a mistake. I mean, in this transient society that we have four years in one place is pretty good. You lock in now because after you're done, then you're going to go to medical school, or you're going to go to law school, and you say, well, when I'm done with medical school. And then you become a professor and then you say, well, when I get tenure, then I'll do it. And before you know it, you'll be dead. You start serving God where you are. Moses, it says of Moses, when they came to oppose him, God says, how can you say this to my servant Moses? For he has been faithful in all of my household. As you serve God, you will be blessed. Jesus says here that already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal. So he who reaps, he who brings in these, is gather, it, it, he who it, reaps is receiving wages 
and is gathering fruit for life eternal. So the fruit for life eternal are the people that are coming in. But he says he's receiving wages. What's the wages? This is just blessings, blessings that are coming in his life. He is receiving wages. So that he who reaps and he who sows may rejoice together. You want to have a rejoicing life? You give. You pour out yourself for another. A life poured out is a life that receives abundantly. A life that gives abundantly of oneself. Those are the ones that are filled. Mother Teresa poured out her life. She was never sitting on the, you know, on the psychiatrist's couch saying, when is somebody going to do something for me? When am I going to get? You know, I've been doing all this for other people. When's my time? That doesn't happen when there's a life poured out in service to God. A life poured out in service to God is rejoicing together. Jesus said they're receiving wages and they rejoice together. Jesus said in John chapter 12, Whoever comes to me shall follow me. Where I am, there shall my servant also be. And whoever serves me, the Father will honor him. Whoa. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor him. You will have honor in your life. You will have rejoicing in your life. You will have fulfillment in life. To the extent that you take of this living water that he's talking about, so much so that you pouring it out, that out of his innermost being is flowing rivers of living water. When there is a life poured out, this is the life that is full. Jesus said, I'm not even hungry anymore. I'm not even thirsty. Remember, the woman ran away without even giving him his drink of water. It says that he first sat down there being weary from his journey. So now he's not hungry, he's not thirsty, because it's a life fulfilled. This becomes to us like sustenance. You will receive from God wages, wages, while you bring in those into life eternal, and you will rejoice, you will rejoice as you pour out your life for others you will have rejoicing. These are the ones that are fulfilled. The ones who pour out themselves. And I've seen it. I have watched students for decades. I mean, I went to college at the age of 18, and I've never left. I've been there. I've been in school my whole life, actually. Those who pour out their lives. I can look at a student and look at the service that they put forth on a campus, and I know what their life is going to be like. Because I know that in that service, they're going to find a spouse. As they serve and are in a role in serving, they will find the right spouse. Because some other Christian is going to see them serving and they're going to go, hey, that's attractive. Because everybody wants to marry someone who's selfless, someone who's giving themselves for the other. And you will set a pattern for how your family is going to live in that period. A life poured out. As we give our lives, there is living water that flows into us from God and flows out of us. Those that don't give, those that don't pour out their lives are the ones that always feel they're somehow shortchanged in life. I don't feel shortchanged at all. In fact, I get so much more than I deserve. 
not just in, you know, in friendships and things like that. I have so many friends, I can't even keep their names straight anymore. I can't. So many people know my name and I don't even know their name. And they say, you know, like, I had lunch in your home. And I don't even remember. Don't even remember anymore. And not just there. Academically, I've received so much more than I deserve. I was never that good. And now I get all this stuff. This is God. God does this. Jesus said, whoever serves me, the Father will honor him. This is the Word of God. Believe it. Believe it. It is true. Jesus said this. He would not have said it if it were not true. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor him. That means the Father in heaven looks down. Angels, I'm going to honor that person. Look how they're serving my son. That's what the Father does. That's the promise. That's the promise. A life poured out for Jesus. The living water fills and is poured out. You live a life this way, you will have a fulfilled life. You will have a happy life. You will be fulfilled so that he who sows and he who reaps will rejoice together. Your life will be rejoicing to the extent that you pour it out in service to the Lord. Let's pray. Abba, I thank you so much for the truth of your word. You are so good. Father, I pray for these precious people here. Father, I know that many of these have served on the mission field, given their time, given their lives. Father, I pray even more that they would have lives poured out even more. That as you have filled them, so let it flow out of them to bless others. Father, for those younger ones here, Father, I pray that they would take hold of your word and learn that fulfillment and joy comes from a life poured out in service to our Lord. Father, that you would so honor them, that they would so receive wages because of a life poured out for Jesus. Father, thank you for that living water. So pour it out upon these precious ones, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, uh, Dr. Tour, for this uh, very...